one of the most difficult aspects of God's person for human minds to comprehend is the clear Bible teaching that God is one God in three persons. We call that the doctrine of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. By the way, anyone who calls themselves a Christian teacher who does not believe in the Trinity is not close to us in doctrine. The Trinity is a vital Bible doctrine. I'm not going to try to explain it to you this morning. I have before. I'm sure I will again. I'm simply going to move forward in teaching you about the Spirit of God this morning. For 4,000 years, I just realized we didn't read the text. Well, we'll refer to it. We'll be all right. Acts chapter 2, verses 37 through 47, and we'll, we'll go back to it, which means you also didn't have a, a chance to stand up. I uh, apologize for that, but uh, let's, let's keep moving here. For 4,000 years, mankind dealt directly with Jehovah God whom we now call God the Father. Do you realize in the Old Testament, they didn't call him God the Father. That term was introduced to us by Jesus Christ. When he said, when ye pray, say, our Father. Do you realize that Abraham never called him Heavenly Father? David, Moses, these men were close to God, but they didn't pray Heavenly Father as we do. Jesus taught us to do that. But... For 4,000 years, they dealt directly with Jehovah God, whom we now call God the Father. Occasionally in the Old Testament, God would put on a human body. And that was Jesus Christ. That's God the Son. In Genesis 18, when some men showed up to meet with Abraham, Jesus was one of them. In Genesis 32, when Jacob wrestled with a man, that was Jesus. In Joshua chapter 5, when the captain of the Lord's host showed up to give Joshua the battle plan for Jericho, that was Jesus. This is an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. Anytime God takes on a human form, that is Jesus, God the Son. But still, in the Old Testament, let's go over here, left to right from your direction. In the Old Testament, man dealt with God the Father. Then for 33 years, man dealt directly with God the Son. Now, by the way, I should finish the thought. Not only did Jesus occasionally appear in the Old Testament, but the Spirit of God, for lack of a better term, came and went in the Old Testament. There are times where it says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon this person or that person. But understand, Abraham was not indwelt with the Holy Spirit like we are. Wow, David was not indwelt with the Holy Spirit the way we are. So God the Father is the main person that they're dealing with. Occasionally Jesus shows up, the Spirit of God comes and goes. Then for 33 years, Jesus is the person of the Trinity that is directly dealing with man. Oh, God the Father speaks a couple of times while Jesus is on this earth. The Holy Spirit manifests himself as a dove. 
But Jesus is the one who is front and center with mankind. Then before Jesus leaves, he says to them, he says to his followers, his disciples, I'm going to introduce to you another person of the Trinity. Now they were familiar with the Spirit of God. They'd heard about the Spirit of the God. Jesus' first message was from Isaiah, where he said, The Spirit of the Lord God was upon me. They were familiar with the person of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus said, when I go away, I'm going to give the Holy Spirit to you. So for the last 2,000 years, mankind has dealt directly with God the Holy Spirit. We pray to God the Father. He's still absolutely the, the center of it all. We follow the example of God the Son, but it is God the Holy Spirit who is constantly with you and constantly with me. I say again, Abraham did not have the constant presence of the Holy Spirit. David was not a temple of the Holy Ghost. What a privilege we have to have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. At Pentecost, and this is what we probably should read, Turn if your Bible is open to Acts 2, let's just read a few of those verses, what we should have read in the Scripture reading that never was. Acts 2.37, read down from uh, verse 37 down to verse number 41. Read those verses out loud with me. Ready? Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren... What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now, I love this because the people here are under conviction of their sin. And they say, Man, brethren! What shall we do? I mean, this is the same as the Philippian jailer. What must I do to be saved? Now, I remind you that Romans 6.23 says, The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's the gift that we most often tell people about. If you die today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? But here... Peter doesn't say, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you receive the gift of eternal life. They did receive the gift of eternal life. But here Peter tells them, not of a gift that they would be able to open when they died, but of a gift that they would have today. Did you ever have a gift that you couldn't open yet. It's under the tree. 
you know, mom wrapped presents. I'm sorry, Santa brought presents. I never could figure that out. They've been there for three weeks, and yet Santa brought them down the chimney. Don't get that one. But anyway, mom wrapped the presents. There they are under the tree. It's got your name on it, but you can't open it. Did you ever have a gift that you couldn't open yet? Well, that's the gift of eternal life. You have eternal life right now. Did you know that? If you have Jesus Christ, you have eternal life right now. But wouldn't it be cool to be able to go online and at least take a virtual tour of heaven? You know, hey, let let me see what I own here. Can I at least look at it? Can I at least visit it? This is a gift that for all practical purposes, I can't open until I die. But God says, and Peter tells the people here, yes, there is a gift that you can open when you die, and it's awesome, it's spectacular, it's eternal, it's magnificent, but there's also a gift that you can have today, and you can open today. And that gift is the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit of God. You have that gift today if you are a child of God. If you've been born again. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have the gift of the Holy Ghost. May I ask you respectfully to God, have you opened that gift Do you communicate with the Spirit of God? Now, I know there's a little bit of question about that. Are you supposed to talk to the Holy Spirit? I'm going to address that quickly this morning. But I want to encourage you this morning to understand the gift of the Holy Ghost. First of all, I want to confirm to you the grammatical statement there is not the gift from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not the giver of the gift here. He is the gift. When Peter said, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is the gift here. It is, he is God's gift to you. If you're not paying attention to the Spirit of God within you every day, you are crippling yourself. If you are not paying attention to the Holy Spirit of God who lives within you every day, you are crippling yourself. Well, but pastor, how do I know that the Holy Spirit is there? What does he do? Oh, I'm so glad you asked because I'm going to tell you. The Holy Spirit brings the glory of God into your life. Listen to 2 Corinthians 3.18. We all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as the spirit as by the spirit of the lord the spirit of the lord brings the glory of god into your life when moses came down off of the mountain and he had been with god he didn't realize that his face shined with the glory of god that is the same glory that the spirit of god brings into your life if you let him the holy spirit i love this is the spirit of christ listen to what romans 8 verse 9 says if any man have not the spirit of christ he is none of his listen 
the same spirit that indwelt Jesus Christ lives in you with the same power, the same wisdom, the same everything. The spirit of Christ lives in you. The spirit of Jesus Christ lives in you. If you ever comprehend that even just a little bit, it will transform who you are. The spirit of Jesus Christ lives in you. You say, how do you know the Holy Spirit is there? Listen, with the spirit of Christ living in you, how can you not know he's there? The Spirit of God guides you through life. Romans 8, 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You come into a situation, you don't know what to do. Holy Spirit, show me the way. The Holy Spirit will lead you. If you say, I I feel more comfortable praying directly to God the Father. That's fine. I think that's a distinction without a difference, to be honest with you. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will lead me. If you're more comfortable with that, fine. I'll be honest, I pray both. Because I don't think God makes that distinction. We'll talk more about that in a second. The Holy Spirit guides you through life. The Holy Spirit teaches you God's truth. John 14, 26, the Comforter, Jesus is talking, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I said unto you. That word Comforter means encourager. When I think of comfort, I think of somebody, you know, just, I guess, sort of, putting her hand on my shoulder and saying, Joel, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. And because I don't like to think of myself as being sad all the time, I have a hard time comprehending comforter. But encourager? Man, we all get discouraged. And even though you say, well, pastor, it sounds like the same thing to me. You're right, it does. I'm just talking about how my dumb brain works. Comforter means encourager. Your encourager is living inside of you. The one who says, you can get through this. God will bring you through this. God will show you the way. God will make it happen. Your comfort, you you have a full-time encourager right there with you. Listen, we have to have the faith and the courage to access our God-given encourager. It's okay, I suppose, that you have somebody that you call when you need encouragement. I praise the Lord. My wife is my greatest encourager. And she was gone for, I don't know, it seemed like, it seemed like 96 days. She went to Minnesota to speak at a ladies' conference and oh man, it just, it, 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 oh, it seemed like it was never going to end. What was it? It was a total of not even 36 hours. But, but, but I barely survived it. It's my number one encourager right here. But you know something? I have an encourager who lives inside of me. It's okay that you have somebody that you can call to encourage you. But God's going to let you be isolated sometimes. So that you can be reminded. Yeah, Brother Sean said amen because he's about to face that. 
He's got a real tough day tomorrow. It's back to boot camp. Only last time he went through boot camp, he was 18. Now he's 73. (laughs) You pray for Brother Sean. Where's he going to get his strength? From his built-in encourager. You can do this. You'll be okay. God's got you. Your encourager encourager encourages you with God's promises. He encourages you. He convicts you of sin. Now that doesn't sound like much of an extra. It doesn't sound like much of a selling point. Oh, good. Oh, no, let me tell you something. One of the greatest reminders of God's love is when he says, no, leave that alone. That's one of the great, you know why? Because listen, whatever Satan might copy or mimic of God in my life, he's not going to mimic that one. When I get this compelling, hey, don't touch that, leave it alone. That's all God. And after it's over, I go back to God and I say, God, thank you so much for watching out for me. Hey, I'm going to need him in a big way in the next couple of weeks. Do you know why? McDonald's is now serving sausage biscuits with egg all day long. <laughs> Up to now, my temptation has ended at 11 o'clock in the morning. Now it's going to be all day. A sausage biscuit with egg is like sin. After it's over, you go, oh, why did I do that? Oh, oh. But boy, until you get your hands on it, it's like, I have to have it. I can't think about anything else. I have to have it. Now, that may not be your addiction, Mark. It's mine. Now, I'm, yeah. I'm kidding about that, but I'm serious. I, it is a new avenue of temptation to me to know that I can get pancakes anytime now at the drive-thru. That's not going to help me any. But I need this. I'm serious. I need the spirit of God to say, no, Joe, it's three in the afternoon. You don't need pancakes. And he will. Oh, I need him to because that's not going to help me. Any. Number seven, the spirit of God bears God's fruit in your character. I love this. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Your body is his temple. Oh, my soul. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God, your body, is his temple. What? Paul said, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. And don't miss this. The Spirit of God never leaves you. I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Did you catch that? He dwelleth with you. He was telling the disciples, he dwelleth with you right now. He's talking about himself. Right now, the Comforter is with you. When I'm gone, the comforter will be in you. Do you get the magnitude of that statement? You have living inside of you the exact 
same person that the disciples had living with them every day. Now, I said, if you're not paying attention to the Spirit of God within you every day, you're crippling yourself. How do you pay attention to the Spirit of God? First of all, listen to Him. Listen to Him. He speaks the words of Jesus Christ. He speaks the words of the Father. Listen to Him. You have to get in the quiet to hear the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is the voice of God inside of you. Listen to him. Secondly, talk to him. Understand this, all right? So, Pastor, I don't know. I'm, I'm not you're supposed to pray to the Holy Spirit. Address to God the Father as the authority. Speak to the Holy Spirit as your advocate. So when... You are in the mindset of going before the God of the universe. Address God the Father. If you want to, address God the Father and say, God, please, I pray that your spirit would help me. Do you understand they are the same God? They're the same God. There's no bit of difference between, not the slightest bit of difference between them. They are exactly the same God. It's just God the Father dwells in heaven as the authority of the universe. God the Holy Spirit dwells within you as the omnipresent representation or manifestation of God. So when you're out there and you're all alone and you want to go to God and your mind thinks of God the Father as being a billion light years away, which he's not, he is omnipresent, but in your mind you think of God the Father on his throne in heaven, and I think that's a biblical perspective. So here you are all by yourself needing God's help, and you don't, you don't get that help from a picture of a God who's a billion light years away, even though he's not, but that's the picture that's in your head. Are you staying with me? But when you say Spirit of God, It clicks right away. He's in me. So it's okay to talk to him. Spirit of God, help me. I believe when you say, Spirit of God, help me. Spirit of God, show me. Spirit of God, leave me. If you think somehow that you and the Spirit of God are gang up against the God the Father, you've totally missed the point. But if you think this is is God the Father in me, and I'm going to talk to him, and I need his help. I, he's a very present help in trouble. I think that's exactly what God wants. He wants us to access him wherever we are because he dwells within us. I don't think it's out of line at all to say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. You know what would be the tragic is we, if we get so wrapped up in trying to make these distinctions that we don't pray. That would be the tragedy. And Satan wins that round. Talk to God. Spirit of God, help me. Listen to him, talk to him, yield to him. That means when he says, hey, get out of bed and get on your knees, yield to him. When you yield to the Holy Spirit, you'll you'll recognize his voice. Yield to him. Guard his turf. Keep it. Don't let garbage in where the Spirit of God, where you want the Spirit of God to reign. 
That's why you, you really, and this is to me too, we need to be careful about the tunes that we attach, especially the tunes that we attach to his name. When we take music that was born out of hell and we add God's name to it, it, it really soils the turf. Guard the turf. That's why I've said, and, and you may disagree, but this is my opinion. I think if you're hanging on to some old kind of music that you know needs to get out of your life, you are better off adding spiritual music at different times and still, if you can't let go of the old and letting God wean you off of it, then you are taking that hellish music and sticking God's name in there. I I think that's a sin against God. That's my opinion. But guard his turf. Number five, hunger for his power. The power of the Holy Ghost not only will change you, but he will empower you to change people around you. The power. There are things that God will do in the lives of others that will be attributable to nothing and no one else but the power of the Holy Ghost in you. Hunger for his power. God, give me your power. Oh, God, please, give me your power. Give me your power. Let's do this this morning before we dismiss. If you know the song, I don't even know that I know all the words. I'm really going to have to ask the choir where you are to help me with the words. But just the first verse of the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. Come, Holy Spirit. In fact, forget forget the verse. Let's just do the chorus. Let's stand together. The altar is open. Let's sing together, Come, Holy Spirit. We get to the end, we'll see where we go from there. Let's pray. Use the altar as you need to, or meet with God as you need to. Let's sing that song. Come, Holy Spirit, dark is the hour. We need your filling, your love and your mighty power. Move now among us, stir us, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, revive thy church today. Sing the chorus again. Come, Holy Spirit, dark is the hour. We need your filling, your love and your mighty power. Move now among us, stir us, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, revive thy church today. Heads bowed and eyes closed for a minute. I want to say again. Eternal life is the gift of God that you receive the moment you get saved. And essentially, you open that gift. You have that gift, but you don't open it until you die, really, to enjoy it. I know that, that, that thought needs to be modified a, a little bit, but essentially, you don't fully enjoy eternal life until you die and go to heaven. The Spirit of God is a gift that you receive the moment you get saved. And most of us, though we could enjoy the Spirit of God in his fullness every day, 
we leave that gift unwrapped in our hearts. If you are ignoring the Holy Spirit of God within you, you're crippling yourself. If you're not giving him your attention, he is the agent of the Trinity with whom you deal directly moment to moment. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Talk to the Holy Spirit within you. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Guard the Holy Spirit's turf. Hunger for the Holy Spirit's power. Let him transform you. Let him empower you. Let him lead you. Let him teach you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, please.